0: This is C.R. Stewart, author of the Britfield Legacy Call Sign Classic. You're listening to Across the County with Noah.
1: And welcome to another edition of Across the County. I'm Noah. Thanks for joining me. Well, time for another Minutes of Ingenuity because you just can't keep a good man down. And Chad Stewart, Chad C.R. Classic Stewart back on the show with us today. Check out all the particulars at BritfieldInstitute.org and Britfield.com. We'll get to that in a bit. Hey, Chad, how are you? I'm doing well. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. Well, something that's important when we do these minutes of ingenuity is giving people something to think about in the creative process. Maybe it'll help them in their creative journeys. And so I thought let's take something you and I are very passionate about, which is action movies, movies, books that build tension. So I want you to take the first few minutes here and talk to the audience about the importance of and the challenge in creating tension in works that are both on the screen and off the screen on the pages. And
0: I loved that word when you sent me the email and you said, I want to talk about tension and it's something I've been so focused on with the Britfield series starting with book one and uh, I came out of a three-week binge watch of the series 24 and they are masters at creating tension, at creating action, at creating suspense, so if you're interested in writing anything, a movie script or a novel, I would watch that series. I learned a lot from it. And something that I also learned from Alfred Hitchcock, and I, I love this quote, but he said, if you're watching a scene, you've got four guys sitting around a table with a tablecloth, and they're playing cards. It's a very boring scene. But if if the audience knows that there's a time bomb underneath it ticking away, and maybe every three or four seconds, they show that clock ticking away, you've created that tension. And I want to build on that because that's what I've done with the Britfield series. And I think that's what's so important in novels and in television and in movies. It's what the audience knows and the actor doesn't. And a perfect example of that would be my two actors are on the run from the police and they're walking down or they're hurrying down this, this Boulevard or this street and they're looking for something or looking for a place to hide. But that what they don't know or don't see is that a police car passing by just saw them or a CCTV camera caught them. And the woman is calling it in and saying, we just caught them on so-and-so street. Now we, as the audience know that they've been spotted and we know it's only a matter of time before something happens, but they don't know. And so now every second, that's ticking away. Maybe they're talking. It's like, well, should we just go get something to eat or should we go over there? And they're kind of walking down here or they're walking over there. And you created this just incredible tension because at any second something can happen. We talked about the movie The Fugitive with Harrison Ford, and I think they've done a marvelous job of creating that tension throughout. He's convicted of murder. He's sentenced to death. Uh, he's being taken to the prison. The bus collapses, he escapes from the bus, and now he's going back to where Chicago, where he's from, because he's desperate to find the killer that actually killed his wife. And so from that point on, every single second that he's out there, they've created this wonderful tension that at any second, someone's going to see him. Meanwhile, you also have like the top expert and a team that are hunting him. And it's just like, they create so much of that tension from him walking across the street to get something to going to the hospital where he used to work <laughs> and look and r- looking into, you know, and trying to find, you know, a file on this gentleman that, that uh, has the one arm and stuff. And so it's just, it's, it's a wonderful movie about, tension i would almost I mean, say if you, you don't
1: it. have a movie yeah. especially an action movie where there's no tension you don't feel like there's any stakes and so you don't really get i find for myself chad i don't get invested in those movies
0: no and, and you just said that like right there because it could just be a drama you could be it could be a historical drama but you have to have the tension maybe it's a hist- i'm thinking of um what's that one with um nicole kidman and uh, Jude Law, it's like he could, the character can be, you always have to have that tension. So it can be a drama, but maybe he's left something. Yeah. Cold Mountain. Yeah, Cold Mountain, sorry, yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, I'll just use it as an example, because it's like, that's more of a drama. It's kind of, a, has a romance feel to it. It's not an action movie by any sense. So it's that kind of heavy drama, and dramas tend to sort of lag, don't they? They get kind of boring, and you have to keep that tension. It could be a drama, but the guy's trying to get to his wife, or girlfriend, or whatever it is, and, and maybe he breaks out of jail, or he, he uh, he's on parole, and he doesn't show up. And so it still has that sort of drama feel. He's working out problems, emotionally this, emotional that. But meanwhile, you know, the police are now looking for him.
1: Well, especially when you're writing books yeah. like yourself, Britfield and the Lost Crown, the Britfield saga, it's important. I mean, you 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 and I talk about this. There's You don't use fluff. Every single word is important. It's a descriptor. And if it's not also building tension in the story— It's almost a waste of space as you're writing whatever it is that you're writing.
0: I'm working on book four right now. I'm almost halfway done. I'm having a blast. And and that's what I'm doing. And what I do, another thing that you can do as a writer, and I think it's really important, is don't think of chapters, but think of sections. And um, I know like most books have like anywhere from 15 to 20, 25 chapters. And then you have these long pages. And what I do is I break it up in the sense where I've got some characters That I start out with this section, and then I end on a cliffhanger, if you will. And then I break it up, you know, with a little space. And then I pick up where I left off with some other characters. And so I usually run about three scenes parallel. So you got scene one, and then you end on a cliffhanger. Scene two, and a cliffhanger. And this could be a page and a half. This could be three pages. And that's a great way to to break up the work, but it's also a great way to, to move the story along. And that's really what television's doing right now. Uh, really good television, and where they say we're in the second golden age of television.
1: Well, it's like you um, mentioned, 24. Yeah. I mean, it's something that they do extremely well. And people would all, like myself, would get frustrated at the cliffhangers, not just at the end of the episodes, but mid episode. But it kept the story fresh. It kept the Story moving, And that's what you do in the Britfield saga. I want people to check it out. Britfield.com. If you're brand new to the saga with the first book, Britfield and the Lost Crown, then Britfield and the Rise of the Lion and the Return of the Prince is the latest edition. He's working on book four. You can even get a couple of free chapters at Britfield.com. And if you want to find out about the nonprofit work that Chad does at Britfieldinstitute.org, it's a great not-for-profit that is committed to promoting literacy and bringing creativity into the classroom and what I'd like to do, Chad, too, is also just give me 30 seconds on what phase one is all about. If people want to sponsor and give support to the Britfield Institute, which is the creativity presentations are some of the things that you guys do. What does phase one look like?
0: Yeah, it's really uh, our efforts to bring creativity back into the classroom. Our main focus are Title I schools throughout the United States. There's about 20 to 25,000 Title I schools. These are underprivileged schools. That don't have the means or wherewithal to to do extra programs, especially extracurricular activities and especially anything creative or something that deals with the arts. And so that's what we're trying to bring back in to these schools. It's what we've already done. And uh, phase one would would, would be, uh, you know, bringing bringing the Redfield team in there to do uh, creative writing workshops with a classroom or, or a whole group or a whole um, fifth or sixth grade. We, we have entrepreneurship uh, workshops. We have marketing workshops, and we actually have creativity workshops. So it really is without a lot of funding because we, we, uh, we run we run very lean. and Really all the money just goes back into the schools, into the programs. We get a lot out of it, and uh, everything from free materials and books to, you know, one-on-ones with students, tutoring classes, and even scholarships. So...
1: That's incredible, and we're we're going to, on the future editions of Minutes of Ingenuity, break down also for you Phase 2 and Phase 3. So everything that you can expect from the Britfield Institute, if you don't want to wait until then, and you do want to make a sponsorship, if this sounds right up your alley, maybe you're an educator, BritfieldInstitute.org. Okay, now, Chad, let's get into the nitty-gritty. I have been waiting to hear what your top three action movies are, movies Mm -hmm. that build amazing tension. And we're going to start with number three. Uh, We're not going to really get too descriptive until we get to our uh, numero uno. But my number three action or tension building film is I couldn't leave 007 out. I had to leave my 007 out of the top 10 of all time. But Casino Royale from 2006. Uh. I'm sorry. That was the kickoff for Daniel Craig and nobody does it better.
0: Wow, uh, that's on my list
1: for three. <laughs> oh, amazing so, how our yeah. minds work. Okay, let's uh, let's see if number two lines up as well. It's one I've told you about. It is the lost James Bond film. Don't believe me? Watch it or do some research online. Right. 1996's Nick Cage and Sean Connery. I'm gonna call it a classic. The Rock
0: love that and at some point we're going to come back and talk about uh, our top action films, maybe our top 10 because I, I, I had that on my list but I, I, I couldn't pick it but absolutely love love the rock um, it's, it's right up there. it's phenomenal it's just from start to finish. great action. I would say my, uh, my second one is the Born Identity 2002. I think that's really I think personally I think that relaunched that sort of spy thriller, gritty intense, action film with the fighting scenes and the up close and personal, which I think in some ways they, they not, I want to say duplicated, but, but rolled into Casino Royale because all of a sudden James Bond became real, right? Up until then, they were great and they were fun series, but up until Casino Royale, it was, it was Daniel Craig was so
1: much more gritty. And I think born identity is a reason for that.
0: I do too. I really do. I, 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 I haven't seen anything, the Matrix was was close to my list too and there's certain movies out there that sort of set a new standard in the industry and took it up that notch. And I think The Bourne Identity took it up up that notch and everything every pro, every type of movie like that now is is really copying that model.
1: Well, I'm interested to see your response to my number 1 and we will try and get through this as quickly as possible sure. as time is short. But my number 1, it was in my top, well, not 5, it made my honorary mentions in the uh, in the other 5. 1995's, you might not call it an action movie, but it's pretty action-packed. It's uh, more drama, I would say, than action. But the tension in this movie alone, I I Mm. had to put it up my number one. Crimson Tide, Denzel Washington, and Gene Hackman. And that's because when you're dealing with the turmoil between the United States and Russia and nukes and subs, I mean, you could melt the tension with butter, Chad. (laughs) It it wasn't just the words that were used, although that was part of it. In some of the most tense scenes, sometimes it was the lack of words or it was short phrases or the simple glances from Mr. Hunter, the XO or Captain Ramsey. I mean, I was on the edge of my I still am every time I watch it.
0: It's so good. And, uh, and what I love about it is it's paralleling the rock, too, because you have, the, you have the sort of younger person and the old mentor. And in this particular case, Gene Hackman, that's old school. And you got, you know, Denzel Washington who's phenomenal. That's a little bit you know, different, comes from a different era, a little more uses more of his mind, his, his, his logic uh, than his, his experience. And what I love about it is they created a, a masterful, fast paced, tense movie within a submarine. Right. Because that's a boring space. It's hard because there's not a lot to do. There's no chase scenes.
1: They made it seem huge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's no there's no car chase scenes. There's none of this other stuff. And they and they create uh, just an amazing, phenomenal movie with growing tension. And and you're right. See, it's like that's a great example of tension, too, because it's it's a sudden threat of nuclear war or within the rock. It's this rogue group of military people that are going to fire these just, I mean the most deadliest gas and they're, as far as we know, they're serious and they're going to do it. And, and the clock's ticking. And, and so you sort of have that, that's a background tension and the clock's ticking. Meanwhile, you have the immediate tension. So trying to break. That's, that's out what I that, meant
1: earlier. Right? You yeah. have to yeah. have a feeling that there are high stakes, that the characters yeah. are in real danger for you to actually feel like this is a really big movie with tension that is just off the charts and it sucks you in
0: and i think if we're talking tension and i'm thinking about the britfield books for me and it's and it's funny because and hard because it's like you know you write the first one and it's well received and and you give it everything and now you got to write book two and it's like how do i up the, the action how do i up the tension right i can't just return to the same model and then book three and then now i'm on book four and so I'm always very aware of the tension, and I think tension is in different layers. There's sort of the overarching tension, which I've created for book four. There's a, there's a clock that's ticking that something's going to happen within the next seven days, and hopefully uh, Tom, Sarah, the team, and the resistance can stop it because it's a global issue. Meanwhile, there's the, there's other levels of tension that they're, uh, they're trapped in, in Austria and need to get out. There's a group of assassins that have been assigned to find them. You know what I mean? So I got all these different levels of tension you know, out there. And so I think it's really good to have your baseline. You know, what Something's going to happen within the next X amount of time. And then meanwhile, there's the tension of trying to get that, all the obstacles that come up to trying to
1: solve that. No, well, and that's just it because that's what it was like with Crimson Tide. I mean, you were on the verge of nuclear war and you felt, I would say... For at least a good half of the movie, Chad, that there was literally going to be complete annihilation on one or both sides because of the way that they built the tension. Again, not even with the words, although the words were chosen carefully, the dialogue, the the way that the script was written. But you would look at some of the intensity on some of the characters' faces, Mm. and you knew that they were in it and that they were making some critical decisions and maybe also at times they weren't thinking clearly. I mean, it was something I like, I remember never seeing before at the time.
0: It's funny, even back. And I agree, but even back to book one with and lost crown on the, and I used the hot air balloon, you know, for their escape, Tom and Sarah, 12 years old, escaping from weatherly orphanage in England. And um, I'm just using it as, a, as, a, as an example. But it's like I got to it and I, and I did all the things I could. You know, first they get into it and it starts going up. They can't make it stop because they you know, they don't know anything about a balloon. And all of a sudden, you know, it's starting to get really cold and there's ice that's forming. And then they figure that out. And then all of a sudden, it's like they're being chased by a helicopter, and then they run out of fuel, and then they crash, and, uh, and then they're in a lightning storm. And so I used all these devices to such an extent that, that I needed to get them outside the balloon, meaning like when I crashed in, in Hyde Park, I was done forever <laughs> with the balloon, because it, you can only do so much in that, in that confined space, and that makes me sort of think about Crimson Tide and the submarine, but they, do, they use every trick in the trade, if you will, in that, in that submarine. I was even thinking about that scene when I think something happened. They got, there was an explosion that missed them, but it stopped their propulsion and they started to go down.
1: They were wondering if they were going to go so far that they were going to implode from the pressure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's like just, just another level of tension, you know? So uh, just brilliant. You know, like they used that device. It's kind of funny because I don't know if there could be If they could continue the story because they used so much, you know, in that particular case, but they did a marvelous job. So So
1: speaking of uh, just immense tension, I'm I think I know where your number one is going to be, but I could be wrong. So uh, Mm -hmm. because I think maybe that you're not going to consider that an action movie, although Crimson Tide is it's a thriller. I think it's fair to consider it one. But is your number one the game or is it something else?
0: Oh, no, it's not. It's not. That's funny. Um, yeah, that didn't really make my action uh, list, actually. Yeah, like so I so said, like Crimson
1: that. Tide was borderline. So what's your number one?
0: I had to go with Die Hard. And it's, and it's interesting. I was pulling up uh, movies when I was looking. And, and that's, on, that's on a lot of people's lists for the number one top action movie. It's not why I chose it. Uh, but I, I just think I think that. Again, I always like movies that set that bar, you know, or set that new standard. And I think what you had with that is you had the every, every man. You know, you went from Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and, and Sylvester Stallone, you know, these sort of unrealistic, you know, action heroes to, you know, um, a New York cop that, that you know, kind of, kind of small. He wasn't huge. He wasn't bulky. He wasn't a martial arts expert, Right. Uh, but he was a tough New York cop in L.A. And I'll just read this because it's my favorite thing. It says a New York cop visits his estranged wife in Los Angeles during Christmas when her building is overtaken by terrorists.
1: Even yeah. the tagline yeah. there alone has me it. a little bit on the edge of my seat. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. so well written.
0: It is. And it's um, I think it, it set that that whole thing and It's so funny, too, because uh, Bruce Willis was their pretty much their last choice. For that movie, they went through the laundry list, including Sylvester Stallone and all the other known actors, because at that time, Bruce Willis was moonlighting. And then he he did a couple of these sort of romantic comedy movies. So it's like that's what I love about it, really. They picked him for this action. In fact, they paid him, I think at the time, five million dollars. And they did that. To sort of heighten the stakes, you know, out there, and they're like, "Who are they doing? Paying Bruce Willis five million dollars for this movie?" You know, I know, you know we're short
1: else? on time, yeah. but I always find that interesting uh, with movies like Die Hard, where he was there, you know, not one of their top picks. Again, yeah. one of my favorite movies. But I tried to stray away from it intentionally during this yep. chat. Uh Raiders of the Lost Ark. Harrison Ford was mm. not the first choice for Indy. It was supposed to be Tom Selleck. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I was a big Magnum PI fr-
0: fan too. But anyway, I just I just loved the setup from day one when he arrives at this big skyscraper in LA, you know, and he's just he's so out of place. You know what I mean? He's from LA, just he just it's wintertime, it's it's December. So he just left like the freezing cold New York. He's in LA, which is just night and day you know it's like it's like the, the, the land of nuts and fruits right it's just crazy crazyville and um and and there's this party on whatever the, the 30th floor and stuff and he's and it's just and, and he's and he's there with his tail between his legs you know what i mean is he didn't think his wife would take the job and move to la he's there to, to spend christmas he wasn't even planning to stay with her and then boom this sophisticated european terrorist group take over the building and he gets away and he takes them out one by one it's just awesome
1: you know yeah, well no. they're getting us out of the way chad because they're trying to say we're giving too much ingenuity on this segment but i have to tell wow. you uh yeah, yeah die hard you know what you always hear comparisons too about movies hey it's very similar to die hard or you know die hard they always tried to take the stakes up a notch in my mind nothing was better than the original i i absolutely love that movie and i think I that are six that we mentioned during the segment today were ones that if people haven't seen it, they can go out, they can watch them. They can see what we're talking about with the tension and maybe they can try and use some of those devices in their own work. Yeah. Yeah love
0: that yeah just back to in conclusion but i was just going back to the born identity what was very cool about that too and, and again the device they used is that you had this this world-class 20 million dollar trained assassin that lost his memory and didn't know who he was meanwhile you have the cia that doesn't know where he is thinks he's gone rogue and are hiring assassins to hunt him down and kill him and he doesn't know it <laughs> so it's just again brilliant well and that's I mean, the best
1: so. part of it is that yeah. you know but the character doesn't yeah. know
0: no no Yeah. I remember when he finally goes to his apartment in Paris, you know, and he's kind of just trying to figure it out and figure himself out and look around. And then all of a sudden he's like walking in the hallway and he has a sense that something's wrong. And then boom, this guy comes out on a rope through the glass window and shooting his machine gun. And it's like, whoa, game on, you know? So...
1: It was cool. Well, this was a great segment, Chad. I hope people liked our top three action tension building movie picks and that they can learn a lot from this. And they can also find out about your work on the Britfield saga at Britfield.com and follow you along with three books that are already out there. Get a couple of chapters for free and look forward to book four, which is also book one, Britfield and the Lost Crown being turned into a major motion picture. We're going to be talking about that next time before the next minutes of ingenuity, because I uh, I have a feeling there's some things to discuss.
0: happening right now? I've been working on it all day today. I've been working on it all this week, and things are really starting to that uh, we're in a paradigm shift now into the next level. So,
1: well, Godspeed with right. you, my friend, and we'll talk about that. We'll have more minutes of ingenuity coming up, and again, check them out, BritfieldInstitute.org. Support the nonprofit, the Britfield Institute. Chad, as always, have a better one. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you. No here and across the county. Britfield.com. Brittfieldinstitute.org.